The first thing we have to do is put gas in the car. If you've been driving around for a decade with your gas light on, I invite you to eat breakfast. It's about time because we're going there. Well, family, we have gone an entire week together. And if you have been with us on day one, two, three, four, and now five, congratulations. This whole season has been dedicated to new beginnings. And part and parcel of this is having a new mindset on how we deal with weight loss, health, diet culture, diet fads, and the forsaken New Year's resolutions that by at this point of the podcast, many people have already broken. So we aren't going to change our minds or our feelings or our eating behaviors in a week. But what I want to do is put health over weight loss. If you've been with us on this journey, we've been honored and privileged to have Leslie Schilling on this entire week as we dismantle diet culture. And I understand that you might not have all the answers. I understand that maybe you even read Leslie's book and still not have all the answers. I don't think either of us is advocating answers more than piquing curiosity and inviting you into a, the lifestyle of understanding who you are, what is health, and celebrating the gift that God has given us through nourishing our body. So in a diet-obsessed culture, I don't want us to feel like this is going to be something easy. But in this final episode, this is what I have enlisted as the, how now shall we live? Now that we know this, how do we apply it to our life? So Leslie, we our entire lives have been told that smaller is more valuable. As we have taken a look at the content this week, what I want to kind of pick your brain is what would you tell the listener who has gone through this journey and is excited about the freedom that they found or maybe still wrestling with that? I'm not sure I can believe you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would answer that very similarly to all the calls that I'm going to get in my dietitian office in January, right? Like, Hey, I want to lose weight to get healthy. And I would, I answer that question actually on my website, because I get so many, so many calls about that. And it's, we can move towards health promotion without seeking weight loss. As a matter of fact, it's more healthy to do it that way, more health promoting to not chase a number on the scale. But I can also hold in one hand your desire to live in a smaller body, because like you said, we've been taught our whole lives. It makes us more valuable, possibly air quote healthy, more healthy. Um, it makes sense that you feel the way you feel. And I wonder if you're open to going about it a different way. And no one can promise you lasting weight loss. And I'm not even anti-weight loss. I'm anti-dieting. Like if you made changes that possibly changed your body, then okay, that happens, right? It's the promise that people make that say, I can guarantee you weight loss. I can guarantee something lasting. And in your chasing of that, probably moves you further from health. It makes sense you feel that way. I wonder if you're willing to take it a di take it a different way with me. And that's how I would answer it in my office. You said something that weight is nothing more than gravitational pull. And <laughs> I thought that, that was so fascinating and also so funny because that's exactly that's literally that that's what it is. It's it's my weight in the world. And I wonder yeah. if part of my growth is that I want to have weight on this earth. I want to make an impact. And I don't want to be fearful of my body size precluding me from invitations, precluding me from circles, precluding me from friend groups. I want to have a different mindset. Yeah. I've openly confessed and started this entire week that I have been on 
a, a journey for, gosh, my whole life, starting at the age of 12 into now. And what I will say in the last 18 months is that I have seen weight loss, but I mentioned this on day one. I, I feel kind of like the Oprah of weight loss. Like I've lost weight. Oh no, I've gained weight. What does this look like? I've had a weird relationship with food. I have gone to bed absolutely hungry and wearing it like a badge of pride saying, oh, well, I'm taking care of myself. And then if I overeat or I binge and I hate myself, as I have sat across from you when we first initially thought we were going to do this podcast and I had to interrupt you, I realized in hindsight why I stopped you because I so desperately want freedom in this area, but this freedom feels so scary. I worked for an anti-human trafficking organization for six and a half years, and it blew my mind that we would go in for rescues and then find out within 72 hours that they would end up back into the arms of their pimp or their trafficker, because that's the world they knew. And right. as I'm sitting here with podcast listeners, I'm admitting I am terrified of falling back into diet culture, language and fads and judgment, and I don't want to do that. So- this is my confession and also my cry for so many podcast listeners that are saying, I've journeyed with you. I'm listening to you. I want this freedom, but it feels scary. How now shall we live? Of course, it's scary. Of course, it's scary. And when your eyes are open to diet culture, you can't close them to it. So I will tell you, it makes it harder mm. to fall back into diet culture because you are seeing it now. But it also makes it harder in other ways because a lot of people don't see it. And we hopefully will be taking our friends and loved ones along with us as we see it and move away from it. But I want to say it, and it's it's a journey. I don't think diet culture is going to leave us in our lifetimes. I pray it would. I wish it would just burn to the ground. I don't think that's going to happen because it's weaved into so many places and it is so lucrative. So knowing that, I think we have to say, well, if, if I am aware that I don't want to engage in diet culture anymore, and I'm going to sit with the uncomfortable truth that this body that I live in will probably get bigger as I age, because that's normal. <laughs> that's normal. Um, it will probably not significantly lose weight and ever keep it off because that's what the evidence tells us at the three to five year mark. It, it may change within a, within a range like bodies do over time. But if I can table the pursuit of a number, then what can I do with my health? What can I do with the people around me that can come and sit at your table and not say, oh, I can't believe I'm having the bread? or are you going to eat that? To have a safe community to be in the body you're in. Your right now body is a good body. And how do we take care of that one, whether the scale changes or not? Mm. So what I hear you saying is that we have to reframe how we feel about eating, how we feel about food, how we feel about our body. And you've really reclaimed eating is a gift that nutrition isn't simply just dieting, but nutrition is a blessing from God. And I feel like that's one thing that has been robbed from me for so many years. It's like, I do find 
When I say joy, I mean joy. I find joy cooking for the yeah. church. Like I, fi- I find j- when they eat and they're making like s- savory noises, it's, I, I feel joy. Like I, I'm not, I, I don't know how to explain it, but when I can feed people and then sit at a table and eat with them and say like, wow, I can taste the sage in this. And wow, this focaccia was amazing. And, and I actually sous vide this chicken and it was absolutely delicious. Like there's something beautiful about that. Yeah. Where I want to end is not just like your wisdom is a gift and your grace has been so amazing. And when we were planning for this podcast, I told you that, that it feels like I'm paralleling food with driving. And let me explain it this way. Driving is a privilege. Driving is driving helps us get to places that we otherwise wouldn't get to. Driving is amazing, but driving is a privilege and driving is very dangerous And one of the things that I want us to do as followers of Jesus and believers is to be responsible. This is not diet culture. Okay. I don't, it's not about whether or not we eat friggin' bread or the maple leaf cookies. This is literally about, it is a privilege to drive a car. It is a privilege to eat the food that God has given us. But I think sometimes we think that we can drive the car into the ground and not fill it with gas. And what I'm walking away from this week is with having a celebration that food is gasoline for my body. And I want to make sure that I don't deprive myself that because diet culture has made me fearful of food or I'm in this toxic relationship with food, like a bad ex-boyfriend that I keep on going back to. And it's this abusive relationship. I want it to be something where the psalmist says that you set a table before me in the presence of my enemies, my cup runneth over. That's the life that I want to live. And it's going to be, it's going to begin with dismantling diet culture. So this is where I want you to kind of take it away and wrap up, but how can we move towards healthy behaviors um, and well-being outside of diet culture? This is where, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you get super practical. And um, we kind of toyed around with the idea of like a pick your own adventure. You know, what is your, how to create a path to food freedom, all the other stuff, but you give some very practical things that I want listeners. Again, they can get it in your book right here. Feed yourself. It's on Amazon. There's a link in the show notes. Listen, I need everyone to hear, like, this is not an ad. I don't get a kickback. This is because I believe in good content and I believe in discipleship and how we could resource people is by putting good resources in front of people. So uh, Leslie, as we kind of wrap up this week, I want you to walk through what are some practical things that we can hold on to as we demolish diet cultures, we deconstruct diet culture, as we destroy diet culture and helping us live now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep your glasses on, right? So like know that diet culture can pop up anywhere in places that have once been safe or places you feel comfortable. So be aware, you know, be aware of like, oh, that's diet culture. And I'm to a point in my life personally and my career professionally where I used to get super mad. I'm like, oh, that person's so wrapped up in diet culture. I'm like, of course they are. I'm like, you are too, sweetheart. You have a master's degree in it. And I had to unlearn it all. So compassion for people just don't see it yet. Even medical professionals, even dietitians, all of like we don't see it because it's baked right into our teachings. So Mm -hmm. keep your lens very clear so you can see it. And if you fall back into it because it's like, oh, I thought that was just healthy. I'm like, hey, we all live here. It's going to happen. Don't beat yourself up. Let's let's move on. But the first thing we have to do is put gas in the car. If you've been driving around for a decade with your gas light on, I invite you to eat breakfast. 
I invite <laughs> you, I invite you to have lunch. That's not just like salad. You know, if you want a salad, knock yourself out, but make sure it's got all the goods. Salad lovers, I make a, I make some bomb salads. So, but it's not all the goods in it, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. And and that's fine. Like I have this, like I, on the grocery list, I put favorite salad. <laughs> it's a salad <laughs> kit that I love so much. And my husband knows which one it is. So it was like favorite salad. And then I'll put the meat on it and I'll put croutons or I'll have garlic bread on the side or whatever. So like, get it all in, um, get all the goods in, in it. If you like that, um, I invite you to snack, you know, like if you eat lunch between 12 and one and dinner between six and seven, like that's a long time to go without food, especially if you are being good for lunch. So I invite you to just eat regularly and consistently and adequately. And like coffee's not a meal, a granola bar's not a meal together. They're not a meal. (laughs) So, um, you know, so invite you to start feeding yourself foods you enjoy and foods that are satisfying and start checking in. If you're like, I never have hunger cues. Well, sometimes people nibble throughout the day. Like I have people that will tell me I'm eating all the time. What is wrong with me? Well, because they're eating nibbles through the day, just enough to kind of like get hunger to quiet down a little bit, but they're underfed, right? They're like, but I eat all day. I'm like, well, let's sit down and eat a full meal. Okay. And then have that a couple of times. Well, it's normal to eat three meals a day. It's normal to have a couple snacks, carry water bottle with you. If you've never done that before, being hydrated is just generally a good practice. You don't have to carry around a gallon. That's just silly. You don't, nobody needs to do that. And it's a lot to carry and keep up with, but, um, (laughs) refill it if you need to. So the first thing is start to allow food regularly back into your practice. If that is so scary that it feels paralyzing, please consider reaching out to somebody for help. If, Mm -hmm. if you feel like you are suffering with disordered eating, which a UNC and self magazine study a couple years ago figured out that like mm, about 78% of American women are engaging in harmful weight control practices. So do not feel bad. If that's you know that like we were taught this and we have to unlearn it. And if you need help to do that, please, 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 please seek it. Um, whether by an eating disorder, an intuitive eating informed dietitian or therapist who's familiar, you know, I think that is something that we have to think that we might need to do. And then remember, once you start eating regularly, those hunger cues might be louder and sometimes scary. They're like, hunger, it's there. I'm like, it's, it is good. Your gaslight is becoming more evident. And now you can fill it up to between three quarters and full if you want to, because it's okay to be fed and to put fuel in this amazing vehicle that has to go do all the things and take up all the space. And so mm. we ask a lot of our bodies when we, when we're good day by diet culture and we show up having like a coffee and a a tiny little salad the whole day. Like we're not showing up with a full tank to show up in this world and to do the things we need to do and to have presence with other people. It's hard to have presence when you're 
you're hungry all the time. So start to pay attention to what's going on in your body. And this is kind of like this period of like hyper awareness. Like I'm really trying to pay attention to my body. I'm feeding it. I'm watering it like I would all my house plants. <laughs> not me. I'll do that for my dog. I'm not good with plants. But, um, but and remember that eating is a gift. Eating is a gift. It in- includes all the things. It includes all the smoothies you like. It includes juices if you like it. My friend makes the best like carrot apple ginger juice that's delicious. But have it with breakfast, not as breakfast. So, I mean, have all the things that you 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 love and start thinking of food as a gift. And that's from the that's from the food standpoint. The other part is. So if if we look at social determinants of health and social determinants of health are the things like access to um, food, access to education, health care, clean air. <laughs> you know, if you live in like Salt Lake City or Las Vegas, we're kind of in a bowl and sometimes the dust hangs out there and the air quality. De- we can't we're not in control of that. And, you know, experiencing things like discrimination and racism impact our health. And so those are all things we need to be aware of as like the bigger picture of health. Your lifestyle choices are important, but keep in mind like safe housing, quality, healthcare, those are all things important. And if we can if we can work towards that, be thinking about that. Don't put all the eggs in the nutrition, the food nutrition basket. Move your body if that's accessible to you and safe in ways that make you feel good. And if you feel like I don't know where to start, start with a small a walk start with being in your backyard and and don't don't diet culture goal it which be like i'm gonna run a marathon in february and it is january like don't do that <laughs> you're gonna have shin splints and you're gonna hate exercise don't make exercise punishment which a lot of us who grew up in pa pe like uh, that's how that's how we learned exercise so think about things you like to do if you were in my office i would have you make a list of things that you like to do. I like to hike and I like to lift weights because I want to be that 78 year old person that I see hiking down those hills in Las Vegas. Like I want to be that person if, if I can remain, if I'm fortunate enough to remain able-bodied, that's my, that's, that's a value. It's like, I want to be able to do those things when I'm old, not because of diet culture, but because I want to see the world from the mountaintop. If that's accessible to me, I'm going to keep doing that. What do you want to do? Do you want to dance? at your granddaughter's wedding? Can we take dance lessons? Would that be so fun? Like what would bring you joy? Walking with a friend? Walking while you listen to podcasts? Most of my clients and I call it padalking. So you can padalk if you want. (laughs) So your (laughs) podcast listening when you're walking. Um, What would bring you joy? Did you used to love to swim? Is there a place where you could go swim? Can you ask for childcare? Ask for time to yourself so you can go swim twice a week? What can we do to put time back into your schedule to take care of yourself? And so scheduling is something that we look at too. And sleep if you're not sleeping, that's where we would start first. How can we improve your sleep? This There's so beautiful. much more, but these are yeah. just like, I'm hammering off all the things we could start with. And you want to know something, this is so great to make this easy and accessible. There is a free downloadable resource that we are giving away to everyone on the podcast. Uh, there is a link in the show notes where you can get this one page PDF that it's like a pick your own adventure. What's one thing that you can do, whether it's staying hydrated, whether it is taking a dance lesson, whether it's, this is not an ad, but I bought an aura ring that gives me my, my sleep score, my body temperature, uh, my resting heart rate. 
Again, it was an investment that I made at the beginning of last year because I said, I am taking myself seriously as well as my health. So all of these easy tips are free. It's a free DF and you can click the link in the show notes and you can download your free gift to you. This is a new beginnings season of our podcast and what a perfect way to wrap up our first week back as a podcast in January. What a privilege and honor it is to have honest conversation that I believe is going to change not just our souls, change not just our minds, but really change our hearts and our posture towards food and health and and wholeness as we dismantle diet culture. Leslie, you have been a gift. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your book. Thank you for your time. And I pray that many people show up to follow you online. There is a link to her social media as well in the show notes, but pop in uh, what you learned this week, what you're applying to your life. And if you're on a paddock, let us know. You can tag both of us and we would love to see where you're listening to this podcast and what you've learned. Family, we are so excited to continue on with season nine of New Beginnings. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform or leave a positive review. Otherwise, we'll catch you next week.